Good morning, Grace Community Church. Uh, uh, my name, as you may have heard, is Sean. Um, I'm on staff here. Uh, I work primarily with the youth group. However, I do do some stuff with the children's ministry. I uh, do stuff with Brad and David when it comes to kind of developing the sermon series, um, figuring out kind of the thought progression and the, the pattern that the scripture leads us through. Um, uh, as well as that, though, I uh, part of my identity at Grace Community Church is that I'm a home group leader. I lead a home group that meets in Fuquay, one of the half dozen or so that meet in Fuquay. Um, and I, I love it. And, and because of that, Brad's actually asked me to come and speak a little bit, uh, preach a little bit about the value of home groups. Um, and before I do that, uh, for those of you who may be visiting or if you haven't come very often, I do want to say that this is an unusual week for you to be here, but of all the unusual weeks that you could be here, this is probably the best of the unusual weeks uh, because you're going to see how we are the church here at Grace, how we do church, for lack of a better term, and, and what a large part of Grace Community Church is. Uh, also, though, you're going to hear a sermon that is, that is not typical to grace. At grace, uh, we hold in very high esteem the Word of God, the Bible, uh, and so all of our sermons are uh, typically expository sermons. We, we take a text and, and we just look at the text. We let it lead us where we're going to go with the sermon. Uh, typically, that manifests itself in us doing large series that are books of the Bible. Uh, we went through the gospel last series through Romans. Uh, before that, we did Ruth. We've done Peter. We've done a lot of books in the past. We like to do that because we believe that God knew what he was doing when he inspired the authors of the Bible and that if we allow the Bible to lead us, God will change us. Uh, there is power in the Word of God. Uh, and so we tend away from topical sermons and towards exp exposition, expository sermons. Uh, however, today is the exception or an exception to that because this will be a topical sermon on uh, home groups. And we're going to talk about the value of home groups, and, and, and it's a necessary exception because uh, we want everyone who comes to Grace to be involved in a home group, and uh, we want everyone to see the value of being involved in a home group at Grace. And so we're going to talk a little bit about home groups. Uh, but first, uh, we, we, uh, we want to look at Acts chapter 2, just for a second. We are exiting a series on Romans, and next week we'll begin a series on Acts. And the, the neat thing about that is that both Acts and Romans have the exact same theme, and that theme is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans tells us about the gospel applied, how we as believers receive the gospel and how we ought to respond to the gospel. Acts tells us about the continuing response of that gospel and, and, and how the gospel is advanced and in the earlier stages and, and patterns out how it will be advanced for the rest of this age. Uh, and so we look at both Romans and then we move into Acts seeing the gospel. Uh, the reality is that Acts is the second part of a two-book saga, um, starting with Luke and then moving into Acts. Same author, same recipient, one story, the story of Jesus Christ 
Christ and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and Luke as it happens, the historical account of Jesus and then the results of the resurrection in Acts as the Spirit of God uh, comes down on his people and the church of Christ followers, of Christians who have been changed by Jesus in his work on the cross. Uh, that story is continued and fleshed out in the book of Acts. And so it's one work. And we're essentially doing that same thing, uh, moving from Romans to Acts. And, and one thing that we see in both Romans and Acts is this idea that the gospel compels us to community. Uh, it compels us to be a part of the gathered community of Christ, the ecclesia, which is where we get our word church from. Church literally comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which means gathering, the collection of Christ followers, of, of Christians. And so we are that. We don't come to church. David says that a lot. Uh, we don't come here to come to church. We literally are the church. We are the gathering of Christ's gospel covenant community. And, and, and we are going to learn a little bit about how we do that, how that works here at Grace. Um, and so go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read hopefully a familiar passage. We are not going to spend much time in this passage uh, because, as I said, this is going to be a little bit more topical than typical. Um, but I do want to read this to, to kind of get an idea. This is what happens immediately after Jesus um, sends his spirit. God sends the Holy Spirit, and, and God's people are empowered. Uh, it says that they in verse 42, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. God, as we look at your church in response to the gospel, I pray that we will see uh, why we have home groups, and that those who are not in home groups would feel compelled to join one, and those who are in home groups would feel compelled to pour themselves more deeply into it. Thank you for the cross. I thank you that it joins us, it unites us together. I thank you for Christ who died on that cross, and it's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Uh, what we're essentially going to do is we're going to look at seven facets of home groups at Grace Community Church. Um, we, are, we are looking at the idea that at, at home groups, we share. Uh, that is what we do at home groups. And, and we do it in a way that cannot be done simply on Sunday morning. Uh, we have this understanding of what the church did after the Spirit filled them, after they were formed, and a lot of what the church devoted themselves to and did, a lot of what marked the church, we do on Sunday mornings, but we cannot, to the fullness of the Scriptures, to the fullness of our call, be the church. You cannot, to the fullness of your call, be the church if you are not participating in, in, in a home group here at Grace. 
Uh, it, it just doesn't happen. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to look at these seven facets and we're gonna, we're, uh, we'll show how this happens to some degree on Sunday mornings and how it happens to a different degree and to another level um, in home groups. And, and hopefully through that we'll see the importance of that, all of us. Uh, and so we share a lot of things uh, in home groups. And, and the first kind of facet of home group uh, is instruction. Uh, we share God's word. Uh, if you look in Acts 2, uh, specifically verse 42, the church devoted itself to the apostles' teaching. Uh, this is the first thing that is mentioned. Uh, the apostles' teaching we now have gathered together, collected and, and, and bound for us uh, in, in our scriptures. Uh, and they devoted themselves to it. Uh, and we are called to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. And, and, and that happens through instruction. And in the church, it really happens primarily in two ways. Uh, there is what happens on Sunday, preaching. And then uh, whether it be in a class or in a home group setting, there's teaching. Um, and, and for the sake of this uh, study, this sermon, we're going we're gonna to completely separate the two. Um, because I want you to see why what happens on Sunday, it, although it is extremely important, and, and again, like I said, we, we believe in the power of the Word of God. We believe in preaching the Word of God. Uh, and, and so I don't want to take away from that, but I want to, to kind of fully highlight the differences. On Sunday, we preach, and preaching is very much a monologue. It is one person preaching to several people, the pastor, the, the, the preacher, preaching to the congregation. Typically at Grace, it's Brad preaching to Grace Community, the rest of us. Um, and so, and, and that, that is so important. We see that all throughout Scripture. In Acts, we're going to see time and time again, Peter and Paul preaching sermons. Uh, in the Old Testament, the prophets all came with, thus says the Lord. Uh, there was no conversation. Um, there, there was no back and forth. It was the, the, the prophet saying, thus says the Lord, do this, be this, trust God, follow God. Uh, however, um, there is also great value to dialogue and to conversation. And in home groups, that, that's what we have. We study God's word through dialogue. The teaching happens through dialogue. Uh, and, and things that, that are, are not really appropriate for a Sunday morning service, um, for example, somebody kind of raising their hand and saying, well, what about this, or just shouting it out, uh, it, that, that, that doesn't happen on Sunday because it's not really appropriate for the service. However, it's an important thing because as, as, as you're being preached to, as the word is being preached, naturally, if you are engaged in it, your mind is going to start thinking and you're going to have questions, you're going to have responses, uh, and, and you need to discuss those things. And, and that happens best in home groups. Uh, there is an aspect to which preaching can kind of fake in some senses a dialogue. Uh, if you read Paul's epistles, those are all monologues. They're all pretty much letters, but he will ask rhetorical questions that kind of take the stance of the audience, and so he'll say something like, well, should we sin more that grace may abound? 
Uh, and he'll ask that question, and then he'll answer it right away. May it never be. Uh, and, and we can do that in preaching. We can say, well, you might be asking this, and then, you know, I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't actually ask. But in home groups, you get a chance to actually ask those questions and to respond and to have that back and forth, and there's value to that. Uh, much like the Bereans did in the book of Acts. After they would hear sermons, they would go and discuss it. They would measure those sermons up to the, the understood uh, scriptures and apostles' teachings, um, and, and they studied together, and it's good for us to do that, and that happens in home groups uh, through the instruction. We share God's word. Secondly, in home groups, uh, the second facet is that we pray. In home groups, we pray together. Uh, we pray in church. We just did. Uh, we have our prayer focus. We pray for the ministries of the church. We pray for the government, and we pray for the missionaries that the church supports. Uh, and from time to time, we'll look uh, at the bulletin, and we'll, we'll pray for some of, of the requests that are on there. But a large part uh, of home groups, uh, and, and a large way that, that prayer happens in home groups, that it simply cannot on Sunday mornings, is that um, you and share your needs and your joys with one another. We pray together. We share our requests together. Uh, my home group, uh, we have dinner, and then uh, we have designated more or less an hour and a half for prayer and Bible study. Uh, and typically, if, if, if we were a greatly disciplined, regimented bunch, we would have prayer for, you know, we'd share requests and pray probably for about 30 minutes, and then the rest of the time would be spent in Bible studies, but uh, some of the best and most connecting times that we have um, happen during our sharing our prayer requests, and so sometimes our prayer requests go uh, for an hour. Sometimes they go for an hour and 30 minutes, um, and we just share our needs and our lives together, and, and I I say this about my home group because I, I love my home group. Um, we, uh, we being Melissa and I, often talk about the fact that uh, we are closer to our home group uh, than we are to most of our family. Our home group is more family to us than a, a lot of our blood family is, and that's because we, we share these things together. Um, we share our concerns, our fears. Uh, we share our joys together when we're praying. Um, we've had the same core group. We've had people who come and who are definitely, I would say, a part of our group. And we've had people who have, who have left. And, and, uh, but in our core group, uh, we, we've, we've been together for almost two years. Um, and, and we get the opportunity when we're praying to remind each other of the fact that God answers prayers. Uh, because we look at some of the things that we were praying two years ago, and we think about them, we've recorded them, and we've seen, wow, God is faithful to answer our prayers. Um, and and it's, it's, it's amazing to see. And that, that, that can't happen. We pray together corporately on Sundays, but there's, there's not that ability to say, do you remember when you were praying for this? Look how God has been faithful. But that can happen in a smaller group, in home groups. Uh, it needs to happen. You need to see that. We're, we're just like the Israelites. We need to erect stones for ourselves to remind ourselves of the goodness that, that, that we've been shown by God. Uh, and that happens in our group during our prayer time. And so it goes. It, it's so important. Uh, and you need, to be, you need to be experiencing that. And, and beyond that, what, that's what the church did. 
Uh, after they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, they devoted themselves to fellowship, breaking of the bread, and prayer. These, these are some of, the, it's one of the most important, most defining aspects of the church, is prayer. So much so that, that I don't know what you're doing as a believer, and I don't know how you're doing it if you're not praying. If you are not praying for one another, if you are not praying for the power of the Spirit as you live your lives, if you are not praying together, quite honestly, I don't know why you do anything. (laughs) Because God answers prayer and he moves through prayer. He's commanded us to pray. That's such an important thing. And and it's something that's been lost, whether through um, modern thought that everything is natural and that there's no real supernatural connection and so prayer kind of loses some of its uh, luster or through the postmodern idea that that everything is spiritual and so why do we need to to pray if we're already connected to everything that is spiritual and spirit Um, either way we lose this idea that there is a God who loves to hear our prayers and beyond that, who is powerful enough to answer our prayers, and beyond that, who is affected enough to move when we pray, and then who does answer our prayers. It brings him great joy to answer the prayers of his people. We've seen it in this church. We rejoice as, as Callie is still in remission. Prayer works. And so we pray together in home groups. Um, the third thing that we do in home groups, the third facet, is fellowship. In home groups, we share our lives um, and that, that, is, that is just so true. Uh, if you look in Acts uh, chapter 2, uh, in verse 44, uh, it says, All who believed were together and had all things in common. And a lot of times we think about all things as possessions. Um, and that's true, that they shared all things, all possessions, all money that they had for the better good of the church. We'll look at that later. Um, but all things included their lives. They fellowship together. Originally, when Brad told me, uh, asked me to speak on home groups, uh, his, his thought was that just to finish out Romans, I would look, we would preach through Romans 16. And in Romans 16, Paul is exhorting the church in Rome to greet one another, to encourage one another, to love one another, send his love, greet one another with a holy kiss. Um, and, and, and he says, greet each other when you meet in your homes. They literally shared their lives together. He was able to tell them this because they all knew each other. They all were connected to each other. Uh, as the church grows, it becomes harder to have that connection, but you still can in, in, in a smaller level, in a home group setting. You can share your lives together, and this is why our home group is closer than family in some senses, because we laugh together and we cry together. I was never a person who was really like, you know, I'm an American man. Men don't cry. Um, But that's just not true. I mean, we see in in Acts later on, we'll see that Paul, uh, who has spent some time with um, a church, is ready to leave the church. And um, he is so emotionally moved that he and the men of the church are crying together. and, and the picture is that he gives his farewell address, and there are many tears, and they're, they're hugging, and they're, they, they have this genuine love for one another. And that could not happen. That scene could not happen if they only spent Sunday mornings together. Um, you will not share a deep affection 
for the people of this church, a Christ-like affection for the people of this church, unless you share your lives with them. And the best way to do that is not to come on Sunday morning, shake a few hands, say, oh, I'm praying for you, brother, and then go home. It's, it's to spend time, to be in a home group, to, do, to gather together in your homes. There's also something about meeting on a couch and not in a, in a comfy chair. Like a, you know, like there's something about being in a home and not in a sanctuary um, where life is had where meals are had together. They devoted themselves to breaking bread together. That's not just communion, that's meals. Um, Drinking coffee together, there's something to be said about that. Um, And we do that at home groups. Not every home group has a meal, um, but there's coffee or some sort of refreshment, and and there's time together. Um, Share your lives with one another. Um, So we have instruction, prayer, fellowship. Uh, The fifth thing is or the fourth thing is um, accountability. In home groups, we share our struggles. We hold one another accountable. At least we ought to be. Um, as home groups, if you are in a home group, you need to get to the point where you are so sharing your lives together and your prayers and your needs and your joys together um, that you are sharing your struggles and your concerns. Uh, there is a sense in which on Sunday mornings we can hold you accountable by preaching the word. As the word is preached, the spirit of God should and does move in his people. Um, and, and, and there's conviction and there's accountability so that when we say uh, avoid drunkenness or avoid lust and, and fornication, that there ought to be in all of us a measure of, of conviction and accountability and the spirit exposing our sins. However, the personal nature of that accountability that can happen in a home group setting cannot happen is, is grossly inappropriate on a Sunday morning session. It would be, it would be terrible preaching through Corinthians and, and hearing avoid and abstain from sexual immorality, DT. You know, like, like the, you can't do it. You know, it's, it's utterly inappropriate. And, and beyond that, there's a measure in which it loses that, that strength when it's not done person to person. Um, and so in home groups, we, we have guys, we have girls. Guys can hold each other accountable to the things that they need to be held accountable to. Girls can do the same thing. Um, I'm used to talking to the youth group. We have men and women, um, and, and we, can, we can hold each other accountable in, in ways that just can't happen if you don't come on Sunday. And, and let me tell you, this might be the, the, the underlying theme in all of this, is we need each other. As a Christian, you will not survive without the body of Christ. We need each other to hold each other accountable. And that happens best through the relationships that you build in home groups. Why? Because you're sharing your lives together. It just flows naturally. Uh, It ought to. Number five, uh, home groups are marked by connection. Home groups are important for connection. We connect in home groups. In home groups, we share information. We share 
uh, in the bloodline, as it were, of the church. Um, the reality is that if there are important things that you need to know at the church, the best way to disseminate that information is through home groups. Um, you can make a phone call. Uh, it may not be answered. The message may be lost. They may not respond. I'm guilty of that. You can ask anyone. Um, I am a terrible phone call responder. Um, emails, uh, you can send out emails, um, but I think it's like 12% of you will open it. Uh, we can track that. Um, and so we're watching. Um, no, but, but the point is that that information, if we want to send it, yeah, we can put it in an email or we can put it in the newsletter, uh, but there's no way of knowing that it's received. However, face-to-face -face communication is a great way to make sure that you are getting the information that you need to know to stay connected to grace, and that's what we want. Home groups are about being connected to the larger body. And so if you're not in a home group, uh, undoubtedly you're missing out on announcements that, that we just don't have time to make on Sunday mornings. Um, or, you know, we meet once a week, home group leaders, and we get information that we are supposed to disseminate to the rest of, of the home group uh, members. And, and so we do that. And, and you need to be a home group, in a home group so you can stay connected to what's happening. Uh, number six, uh, the sixth facet of home groups is mission. As believers, we share the same mission. Christ has given us the great commission um, to take to the world the gospel. And so in home groups, we share the gospel. First, we share the gospel with one another. Uh, that's what instruction is. That's what preaching is. That's what teaching and, and dialogue within the Christian context should be, is reminding one another of the gospel that sin has made us so prone to forget. And then beyond that, we encourage one another to share the gospel with others. Uh, sharing the gospel is much easier when you know that somebody is supporting you and praying for you, um, is there with you, um, there for you. Home groups are on a mission together. And for that reason, home groups should be growing and multiplying. Uh, we should be seeing uh, the first <laughs> offensive line, if you will, the first uh, line of the gospel being through the encouragement that we get and the, the challenge that we get in home groups to go and spread this good news that we share together, uh, that we rejoice in and hear taught Sunday mornings, uh, that we share it with others. And then we bring them into our home groups. And as they're in our home groups and our communities, uh, they will desire to be a part of our church, the larger church context. We've seen it. It happens. It works. It's amazing. And so as a home group, you should be on a mission together. Um, and, and finally, in home groups, uh, the seventh facet of home groups is support. In home groups, we share our possessions. Um, and not just our possessions, but our strengths. And I guess the better way to put it would be uh, in home groups, we meet each other's needs. I was listening to the a little bit back now, um, to a sermon by uh, John Piper, who's a pastor in Minnesota, and he was preaching on Acts 2. Uh, and one of the points that he was making was that at his church, Bethlehem Baptist Church, um, what he said was that at Bethlehem Baptist Church, uh, within Bethlehem Baptist Church, there is no need. 
that that is our response to the gospel, that within our church, whenever a need arises, we meet it. Um, Because here's the reality, that all of the needs that you may have, God has provided for, and he's provided for it within the church. Um, The reality is that we have doctors in this church. We have people who can't afford doctors. Um, And God has equipped his church to meet each other's needs. Uh, We have counselors. We have dentists. We have people who have money, people who don't. We have people whose gift is encouragement, people who need encouragement. Um, God has uniquely gifted each of us so that as we form together into a body, we can meet one another's needs and we can, by the power of the Spirit, be self-sustained. The church meets the needs of the church. Like this is one of the most attractive things about the church. And within my home group, uh, we've seen that. Uh, Melissa and I uh, have needed a place to stay, and we've had a home. We've needed money. We've needed meals. We've received that. We've had people in our home group who've needed meals. We've been able to give it. We have people within our home group who've needed a helping hand moving, who've needed things fixed, and we've seen that happen within our home groups. It happens in the church context. We have the Benevolence Fund. We have um, deacons, and, and we have a church full of people who are willing to meet each other's needs, um, but but. The reality is that most of the needs in the church are not expressed and not written in or called about for the Benevolence Fund um, because it, it's, it's scary to tell your needs to people who you've not shared your lives with. However, when you are in a home group and you share your lives with somebody, you begin to trust. And you see that you can share your needs and have those needs met. We need to be meeting each other's needs. This is a biblical mandate, and this is one that happens very uniquely in the context of home groups. Um, And so that that kind of leaves this this question of how can you connect with a home group this year? And uh, Brad's actually going to come up and, and answer that for us. Before I answer that question, I want to ask another question for you to consider for just a moment. To whom or to what are you totally committed? Some of you may have sort of a lethargic personality, not a lethargic, but just a laid-back personality where you don't get too excited about anything. Others of us who have a lot of energy, you have no question about the things that are important to this person. As you commit a lot of energy in this direction or in that direction. We're about to begin a series next week from the book of Acts where we read about people who turn the world upside down. I saw a mini-series back in the late 70s, early 80s when you just didn't do this. It was called AD. I, I doubt very many of you remember that. Dave remembers it. Um, and it's, they were talking about the first century and it, and it was almost like the writers wanted to tell about the Roman Empire, but they couldn't because the story of Christianity overspread the story of the great Roman Empire, which, of course, is a thing of the ancient. It's ancient history to us. But Christianity goes on because of those people who were fully and totally committed. 
You know what? God calls us to that kind of commitment. And you don't, we're so guilty of compartmentalization in our, our country. We compartmentalize this. This is this part of our lives. This is this part of our lives. You get home groups, you're, you're far more likely to say, you know what? The kind of stuff we read about in the book of Acts is the kind of life that the Lord wants me to live. And you begin doing life, the Christian life, and the life that follows Jesus at a very high level. You live a life that is characterized by the gospel. So let me encourage you to get involved. And what we're going to do in just a moment is to, is to break up. We've got uh, nine different groups. We're in transition. We, we, one group is, is not going to be meeting that was meeting this past year, but we need groups now. We need groups in Anger, Dunn, Irwin area. So you pray about the Lord providing those uh, leaders for those groups and also pray if you're the one that's supposed to be leading those groups. And then take, take some time and talk to these different um, leaders and you'll find out whether they've got meals or dessert. Uh, in the one case, I put coffee and it turns out they have uh, gourmet desserts at the Rep McLaughlin, the Monday Grace. These groups, by the way, meet from Sunday night through Wednesday. And so uh, you can find any one of those nights that's good for you or a particular location. Most of the Fuqua area groups are here, Bowie's Creek and a little bit spread out from there uh, over in this particular area. Allison and I, I, I was leading a home group last year that Mike Moneypenny is now leading. Allison and I will be uh, attending all the different groups the elders wanted me to oversee as a whole, and, and, and we'll be getting to the, to the different groups. It's the Meet the Allison Tour, Allison Tally Tour is part of that. But when you are going to have a special meal, we would especially be interested in your group that particular <laughs> We're having cookout at David Calvert's group tonight. We're going to be going over there for hamburgers. and uh, So bring extra if you're a part of that group. All right, well, uh, Mike Moneypenny, I believe, is going to lead us in the benediction. And then we're going to take this time and get to know these uh, leaders, if you would. You please stand for the benediction. From Paul's letter to the Colossians. Since God chose you to be the holy people whom he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing that you must wear is love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from the Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are all called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the words of Christ and all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus, all the while giving thanks to him, to God the Father. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Thank you.